So what's up? How is Austin treating you? Austin's treating me pretty good. Really? I am, uh, yeah. Austin's been great. It's starting to warm up. I like how we talk about the weather here a lot. <laughs> I think that's every podcast on, on planet Earth. I don't know if it is. I think it's because we're in different locations. Oh, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. How long has it, has it been since you moved there? A uh, little over a month. Okay. So it's finally paying off. It is paying off. And I've only been sunburnt once. So that's a win on my part. But other than that, I mean, it's not been as hot as I thought it would be. The office here is awesome. And it's nice to be in an office that has more than one other person. <laughs> Especially since I used to be in Boston, which has, you know, close to 30 people. So being in an office that has around close to 10 is, yeah. is a nice size. So the transition's been good. How are you doing? You just got back from a vacation? Yeah, I just got back from vacation to a city where everyone is still on vacation. <laughs> so it feels kind of weird to be a, like the office is empty and not just our office, but the entire like co-working space is empty. I haven't met any person beside Kali, uh, my, co my colleague here in Stockholm. So all the other companies are out. A lot of the places we typically go to for lunch are closed. And yeah, this is the typical July in Stockholm. Is it like everyone takes all of July off? I feel like that's the case. Like they just like that month is pretty much like set to be a vacation month for everyone. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird because... Like even like finding a place to eat becomes tricky in this month, especially during lunch. So yeah, but I'm I'm adapting to it. The weather is actually pretty good. It's it's warm, summer weather, you know, typical stuff. Just got back today. I've been vacationing for a little more than two weeks. It was fun. It was spending time with family and doing as little computer related things as possible nice which is actually good yeah it's nice to get away i think we we, we already had one episode talking about like making right. sure that we take breaks from everything i think the two-week break is probably like the best why do you think is that the case i think one week might not be enough for people to to be able to recharge to disconnect disconnect <laughs> from everything right like it, it depends on what you're doing on your vacation what you're doing on your time off yeah yeah I, th I think i think if anything my vacation was a good way for me to kind of like cool down because like over the year i just keep building like frustration over a lot of things and during vacation you just well at least like the the distance I took from computers it just gives you some perspective. Uh, like it feels good to realize that, uh, like a lot of things we get really like anxious about, or we usually like fight over, <laughs> are actually they don't matter really. <laughs> like uh, if you see what I mean. In, in the grand scheme of things, a lot of the debates that I see nowadays are not important and the, the thing is as soon as i got back i i made a tweet uh, related to what some of the observations i had 
during my vacation and I immediately got into a debate with someone that ended up nowhere. So <laughs> I was kind of like, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't want to do that, though, in the future. Like debating on Twitter is the worst thing you can do because everything is misread and everything is misunderstood. Yep. I mean, it's hard to communicate in 140 characters and you like don't see the full intent behind it. And a lot of the times yeah. like tweets are, you know, you're, you're not really fully thinking about how you're saying something. It's not something that you're being like communication with a client where I feel like I'm a lot more sensitive to how I write or how I phrase things. Whereas tweets, you just kind of like write it and send it off. Right. In fact, this, this tweet could be relevant to this episode. Do you want me to read it? Go for it. I don't have it in front of me, but I remember it. So the tweet goes, 2016 will be remembered as the year where user interfaces have lost the last remnants of individuality. And I guess the reason I tweeted this is that I saw some articles during, uh, I think, last week and uh, like different apps, like different mobile apps that were updated with like black and white UI and monochrome uh, hairline icons and stuff like that. And I'd have been looking at apps in general and I feel like at, like there's a, it's really hard. So if you look at, for instance, the Instagram update and the Airbnb update and the music, Apple music app update, they all have sort of like feel like they're the same brand. It's very monochromatic and it's kind of same patterns. And I felt like that's, that's sad that all the apps start looking the same. Yeah, but some people did not agree. <laughs> How much of that is just due to people and styles? Like, I feel like every few years we go through the same kind of iterations on, on styles. Like someone will come out with a color scheme or a specific style. And as designers, we see that and we all kind of trend to it. Like, I feel like the last time this happened was when... What was the company that was doing Layer Vault? They had their yeah. their styles and their flat colors, and I felt like for a while after they released their website, every other website looked very similar to theirs, like sim using a similar color scheme, using similar kind of style. Yeah, I mean you can see it that way, just as a continuation of the same trends, or not not the visual trends, but the trends. The trend where people just do whatever is trendy. Right. I mean, that's pervasive throughout design history. I just think it's more pervasive now and we iterate more now because we have a higher line of communication. So apps get released, if not you know, hourly, daily, whatever. And we kind of we're able to iterate a lot more on design and design style. And not saying that anyone's style is better, but like where a lot of people are more followers than trendsetters. So being able to see something that's successful in like Instagram and seeing how they redesigned or, or something successful in Apple Music, see how they redesigned and being able to just adapt that style, knowing that it's already been successful and that, you know, they don't have to do as much thinking, as much investigation into a design style. It makes designing easier like lowers the bar to the skill level that you need yeah i mean you can see it 
from that perspective. I think the reason why I tweeted that is that I felt like color was one of the last things that so far there has been no like major trends that affected how people used colors. Like there, there was the flat colors thing, but that it's, well, beside the fact that it's a totally stupid moniker, but also the fact that uh, at least it covered a lot of uh, hues in the spectrum. So people had to choice, you know, between between a quote flat green uh, end quote and a quote flat red end quote. Whereas all of the apps I see nowadays are super like heavy on on white and black, and I feel like at this point it's there's very little that makes two apps doing the same thing or even doing different things different from each other. So it, like Instagram, the only thing that makes you know your your Instagram are the photos. I think that's one of the reasons why UI designers have been going this route is that they feel like the content should be the focus of the UI, not not the UI itself. But I feel like I, I don't like looking at these apps and I feel like they're losing losing what made them what they are in the years that have passed like instagram used to be like it's the dark blue ui uh, you will see any nav bar dark blue not not the facebook blue but more like the the navy blue that instagram used but now it, they don't have that color anymore it's just black white i think it's white or whatever and one of these two colors i don't use instagram so i just base that on, on screenshots and stuff i see so yeah it feels like the focus nowadays is more on on the user flow and interactions and that sort of stuff and very little on visual design. I feel at this point anyone could make an app. Even non-designers can design an app because icons are everywhere and Sketch has iOS templates and all you have to do is select five icons, align them horizontally, which is done automatically, and that's it decide about the select state so are you gonna fill them or change the color of the line or something like that? i thought you're not allowed to use color and everything (laughs) well i mean they use yeah well like apple music i think uses color no or maybe not but sometimes they use a tint color i think airbnb uses the new pink or whatever that color is as a tint color but I feel like the focus for, uh, on visual design is totally gone, like really gone. Like before it was like some some remnants of it, but now even that is, and I feel like you can be in, like you can make your app sort of like uh, stand out with the other things like animation and all of that. But the most immediate one is is the visual style of your app. And that's totally gone. It was more of an observation and less of a, you know, like, uh, I'm, I'm angry that this is the case. The stakes for me are quite low to, <laughs> to have a really strong opinion about this. I mean, if I'm working on my personal app, I would probably not have it have a white UI with black text, uh, most likely, depending on the app, but most likely it's not going to end up like that. But it was more of a, an observation. Yeah. I also think there's a difference between the UI and the branding. Like the whole branding for Instagram went more to the black and white, which I found really interesting. I don't know. For the UI, it's more important to me that it's usable 
And as long as people understand what those icons are that you're throwing at the bottom of the nav bar or up in the top of the nav bar in the web, like as long as people understand and, and can actually get from A to B and solve the problem that they have, like that to me is, is more important than the visual design and how nice it looks. Really? Would you, would you make a web app without CSS or with minimal CSS? Yes, I would. If that's what was most important for that client, for those users. Like in the, in the terms of a photo app, like I think, I honestly think the dark app is better. Like I think it's been proven that, that having dark background is better for viewing photos. But like yep. that is the way that I would approach it. I would probably reverse how they're coloring things. But having black and white, having a dark background is the best way to start viewing those photos. Yeah. I guess Instagram no longer consider themselves a photo app. Like it's a social network. So that's true. The comments and the likes are more important probably to the, or the author of the photo than the actual photo. <laughs> and people typically, they just like scroll really fast. And I look, I mean, I, I don't use Instagram, but I observe people using it and it's just like any social network, just scrolling. And if something catches their eye, they will throw a like or a comment and move on. Right. I'm also impartial because the black and the white are somewhat similar to like the white and the blue. Like we're only replacing the blue with the black. I mean, you, you even said it like Facebook blue, Twitter blue, Trello blue, Instagram blue. Like everyone just picked a shade of blue. Google blue. Like yeah. So there was still not fifty shades of blue. <laughs> not yeah. I shouldn't have made that reference. <laughs> I think we have our title. Uh but like <laughs> at any rate, there still wasn't that much exploration into color. Like I don't know like what's what's the big startup big application that you can think of that didn't use blue as its main branding color? Not many. Right. So again, like everyone's following the same kind of trends and patterns and like, what's the safest choice? The safest choice is blue because it's a cooling color. It's not aggressive or in your face. I don't know. Uh, the thing that yeah. I find, like you can dial this these interfaces back to like what I see is like Ello and Instapaper. Like they s seemingly have started this trend Right, there were no yeah. colors in Ello, Instapaper, which is a reading app, which like you were hinting at, which is like it's a lot easier to read, you know, higher contrast, black and white. And if Instagram is going that way of like the photos don't matter and it's the comments, the likes, the interaction, the the socialness of the app that is the most important, that is the most engaging for its users, then they did the right redesign, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really spend a lot of time looking at each one of the decisions for each one of these apps. And I'm pretty sure like there was a lot of thought into each. I guess what I was trying to say is that regardless of what kind of factors uh, made the people who made these apps end up doing what they did, the result is, at least to me, not pleasing to look at. Like if I'm making a collage of like, here are some interesting apps from 2016. It's going to be super boring. Like all of it is going to be, unless I try to find the right content and 
that sort of thing like try to you know like spice up the the screenshots with something else the most of it is gonna look super boring at least to me I'm, I'm pretty sure someone is extremely well well someone actually replied to me saying that like why do apps need to have individuality like do they even need that and my reply was that well not all apps need to feel unique but there are two aspects to it there is the aspect of like an app that has individuality like helps build a emotional bond with the users and there's that that's one aspect and the other aspect is that users can have a, a lot easier times knowing which app they're using at a glance without having to look at the the small details i guess ultimately it doesn't matter like people who use instagram are they spend a lot of time on instagram and they know when they're using instagram so like power users social media power users i'm pretty sure that's a thing now and for those having all of these apps look the same is totally fine i think they they totally can know where they are just by looking at who they are talking to or what kind of thing they're talking about but from an outsider point of view like mine when i look at those i have trouble remembering them so like if you ask me how does the ui for x look like right now i would probably have trouble recalling that ui just because everything looks the same i can recall facebook because they stuck to their kind of like palette and overall like design direction for seven years or, or more more twitter is the same sort of to a certain degree but yeah yeah but those both have where they've had larger redesigns they the redesigns have been mostly they haven't been a full-out redesign they've been more of a realign where twitter's like design has slowly evolved and i guess i don't know how how different you can make the twitter design of like one channel but you know same thing with facebook the design has just slowly evolved over time instead of what instagram just did which is overhaul the entire design i think there's there's a big difference between the two in what sense i mean the fact the scope of the redesign well within your mental model of of them staying on on what their brand is right so they kept yeah. their brand instagram decided to start from scratch and redesign their their whole brand yeah, and their whole interface I'd also say that, like, you know, Instagram is a household name. It has probably billions of users. It's been bought by Facebook, and it doesn't have as much of a need to separate itself from as, like, some of our clients, which are smaller startups trying to get some traction. So, you know, like, everything in design, it should be a case-by-case basis, and hopefully, like, the designers at Instagram know what they're doing and doing yeah. doing their, their fair bit of research, understanding how people are using the app and how to continue to engage people in using the app. And I think it's interesting what you said, which is like they're more focused on the likes, the comments. And if that's the case, I would assume that, that they're, they're tracking that stuff and making sure that they're increasing those numbers of, of comments and likes. And yeah. instead of worrying about how many photos are added, they're worrying more about the engagement with the photos. Yeah. I guess what you said right now is totally acceptable. <laughs> I guess the kind of issue is that a lot of people, newcomers or new startups will actually look at these as an inspiration or as a role model. Like they will look at the 
Airbnbs and Instagrams and Mediums and all of these apps and try to copy them. And I guess that's where I see this not working because like, yeah, sure. Like people at Instagram know what they're doing and they have a lot of tools to measure whether what they did made their users happier or not. But a lot of people will look at these as the reference and I don't want that to be the case. Like don't look at Instagram as the reference because if everyone ends up looking at these as the reference, we'll end up with a super like bland ecosystem. I'm not saying that we should go crazy, but I feel like people should keep an open mind when they approach a design project or, you know, a product in general. Keep an eye on on styles, on on ways to depict things. Like, for instance, the trend of like dropping the label labels from buttons and icons, it's everywhere now. Like Instagram did it and Again, I keep saying the same names, but just because these are the ones I, I looked at. Airbnb, they dropped their icon labels and almost a lot of other actually apps. They did away with that. And for if you have users who have been using your app for like five years or more, then it's fine to drop those because those users remember them spatially. So they remember search is here and they remember that profile is here. And it, you can change the icon. You can put whatever you want there. And they will still like tap it correctly. I guess the problem is when you're just starting out and you look at all these like leading apps and you see that none of them have like labels on their icons. And your first reflex is, of course, I'm going to drop those because that's all the cool kids are, are doing these days. And that's, that's what I wanted basically to kind of outline with, I mean, not, not with just that tweet but in general whenever I talk to people I guess I try to warn them to not follow what others are doing blindly right I mean that should be done with everything not just design like I remember when a long time ago when Amazon and Yelp were becoming very popular and everyone wanted reviews in their apps right you know Amazon and, and Yelp are you know they're at scale so they can get you know, thousands and thousands of people view one product. And when they have, you know, 15 review a product, it looks like there's a lot of reviews. But when you only have a couple hundred and one person reviews a product, is it worth spending the time to do design and development for that one review if you'll even get it? So, like, I think think the scale at which reviews make sense, like, (laughs) go ahead. I think Amazon yeah. gets like one review for every like 15,000 people who view the product or something like that. I forget. But yeah. as designers, we should be talking people down from copying or imitating. And, and you're right. We should be deciding, you know, what's best for the application, the software based on the software and users needs, not on what other people are doing. But like, yeah, I mean, this is what we keep saying, but practically I'm a new, you know, I'm, I just graduated. I like doing, you know, design projects for during my free time or I don't know, full time even. And someone comes to me to design a mobile app. First thing I do, I go to Dribble or I just look at the apps I use every day. And that becomes your inspiration. Like there's how, like... But that's also what differentiates a a junior designer from a senior, more senior designer is that, you know, a more junior designer is going to look at 
inspiration from Dribble, inspiration from the apps they're looking at, and think they can solve the, the same problem for their app. Like if a designer is now searching, doing, building a photo app, like are they going to look at Instagram and the Visco cam and, and just be like, okay, I can just copy their interface. You know, it comes down to will that app that they're designing be successful? Will they learn to be successful within that design language? And, you know, I, I would hope that every time every designer does something that they're learning from it. So what what are they learning from simulating that, that same kind of design language, visual design language? And hopefully, like, they get to a point where they realize that, you know, copying a design or copying a design style won't necessarily lead to success. Right. Sometimes it's easier to measure that success, though. Like, sometimes you can, you know, like make some design decisions and never actually realize that they're hurting you or hurting your users. I mean, you might hear from the users, but nowadays, like a lot of users, they will just uninstall your app if it's confusing or if they don't like it. They won't even bother writing you like feedback. So, yeah, I mean, you should be a little bit careful about some of those things. Like labels and icons, like you can pretty much do it. And I don't think anyone would actually bother writing you about how they installed your app because they were confused of uh, which tab does what. But yeah, I guess I guess my, my general recommendation is to look at wh- whoever is, you know, the, the platform owner. So if you're like designer designing on iOS, look at what Apple is doing. You will realize that they never, at least as far as I know, they never remove the labels from the navigation icons in the tab bar. And if you're on designer on Android, look at what Google does for their for their apps. At least, even if they're wrong, you are doing the same mistake as them, which means the users will actually adapt to whatever pattern is on the system. But yeah, on the web, it gets a little bit trickier because there's no authority, like who defines what are the good practices and bad practices. Uh, on mobile devices, you get one company doing that. But on the web, it's kind of like... I thought it was bootstrap. It, yeah, it was for, for quite a while. But I don't think that's the case anymore. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I just don't have any friends who use bootstrap anymore. I'm not sure if they're... If, if it's just because there are less people who use it or just because I stopped talking to everyone who uses it. <laughs> but yeah, regardless. So I'm curious, I think since the last time we talked, GitHub changed their font stack to be a native font stack. I just saw that this morning. That to me is in the same vein of, you know, people adapting the same colors, but it's a lot more interesting because with typefaces and fonts, especially for UI, having that extra load can sometimes be a pain. So I'm interested to hear, what do you think of that? (laughs) I just discovered that GitHub changed fonts this morning. So I didn't have enough time to actually form an opinion, especially since I used GitHub very, very little today between all the email and Trello and all the other stuff. I think I like this. Now that actually I didn't know that they used uh, a system stack, uh, I kind of doubted it was San Francisco, but I didn't have time to look closer or inspect. It looked nice when I saw it. It looked different 
that's for sure like i noticed the difference of like oh this is a bold choice but didn't actually spend any more time looking at what they used on my screen it looked fine i think i wouldn't i'm the last person i think to be offended if they use the system font i generally think that if you're if you have a web app and i think it's better to use the system font just because it will make your app faster and also it will make it for like feel more like belongs to the system it's still a web app but it's a a mac web app versus a windows web app well also, it depends make... on what which which platform you're viewing it on right if if you're viewing it yeah, on exactly. windows it would look like a windows web app that's I, what i meant yeah I, I mean from my standpoint i think it's very intriguing and from a web app standpoint I've only designed with San Francisco a little bit, but it seems to me to be a very good typeface for uh, interface design. Yeah, I guess the problem is going to be to like from the designer point of view is how like how to test all, all of the fonts. In fact, it's impossible. And you might design with San Francisco as the baseline, but another font could have more X height or more you know, like some other features and it would screw up some part of your design, probably. Like some buttons won't look as good or, or something like that. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that, like how bad it would get. I feel like a lot of the fonts would actually just work. Like if you, if you just put San Francisco or like Apple system and then Windows system, I forgot what that was. And then Helvetica and maybe, what's the other one from Microsoft? Arial. That looks like Helvetica. Yeah, Arial. Then uh, you should be pretty well covered. You can actually use Futura as well, if that's more to your liking. I feel like Futura is closer to San Francisco than Arial and Helvetica. Yeah. I think from a standpoint of UI design, uh, Futura and Helvetica are harder to design with and harder to make work than the times that I've been able to work with San Francisco. And from the same standpoint, like Roboto or whatever, the new is there a new system font for Android? Uh, Android wasn't that. I think it's still there. You're still using Roboto. There's the Segoy or Sego, Segway, whatever. I I don't know actually how to pronounce that. Is Mm -hmm. that on Windows? I think so. Okay, I think we should, we should Android is still this. using Roboto. Yeah, I mean the the Windows, uh, especially the newer versions, has custom design typefaces, and I've seen a bunch of them, and they all are very well designed. So it does take a different step, though. Like you, you, you need to be looking at, and, and I guess people should be doing this anyway, but looking at your web app in a Microsoft environment, an Android environment, an iOS environment, and a Mac environment to, to really design for the text. So things like what you're saying is like how different are the X heights, how different does the line height play into it. It's interesting. Yeah. No, but I'm really happy to see this change, at least given that GitHub is a kind of like a leading web app or website that actually most developers and designers use. So if they start this, I feel like more people will start doing this. Actually, I use like Apple system in few of my like single page, like personal 
you know like project landing pages just especially for like mac apps and like safari extensions and that sort of stuff i just use apple system because i'm selling an apple related thing so why not just use the apple font in the landing page as well it might not look the same on on uh, other devices or even other browsers depending does chrome now support like apple system i think it does yes it does I'm using it on my personal website and I have been for for a little while just because I enjoy the San Francisco typeface. I think it looks really good, especially like a lot of my my site is almost entirely text and I want people to read it. And so being able to have a typeface that like I enjoy reading from was somewhat of a choice there. But you're but you're aware that someone on Windows will read it in a different font. Uh, my expectation there is they enjoy reading the Windows font, right? Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. The totally. expectation that I have is that you know that that they'll see what they're used to, and I'll see what I'm used to. And from my perspective, that's better than for UI. I think that there's a big difference between designing for UI and designing for like a marketing landing page type yeah. thing, where you're trying to I, separate yourself. And this kind of gets back yeah. to the conversation that we started with, which is where's the line in the sand where, you know, you're designing for your brand versus designing for usability, user flow, and does that transition, how does that transition happen? It's interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think it's what makes um, the job of a designer n- not an easy one because, like, there's so many stakes. Like, if you write code, there's no requirement to write code to respect the brand. I mean, you, ha- you might have a style guide, but style guide is more like a technical limitation more than a something that's vague that you have to kind of like, uh, you know, like if I write a timer function for an app that does doctor appointments, I, will, I will, can just copy paste it into another app that does, I don't know, like something related to Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> whether like sorry whereas in design you have to actually tackle each one differently yep. I, I feel like i feel i like the fact that a lot of apps are using uh, like especially mobile apps using default fonts or system fonts it's part of like using uniqueness and individuality in apps but that there is a clear upside to that one which is making a making the app lighter and not not having to download the fonts, especially on mobile, like space is quite important. And also like most of the time, the font you're going to pick is probably going to be worse than the one that ships in the system. So I like that. I feel like colors should not fall into that category and icon style and all of that stuff. I feel like there's room for creativity there. Right. Um, but colors are a lot harder than type, especially when it like for type, you're dealing with like a good baseline with most operating systems. So there's a good default choice, whereas colors are a lot harder, I feel like. Uh, especially, like, that's why people gravitated towards, like, or that's why I feel like people gravitated towards the flat design color scheme or, the, you know, bootstrap color scheme is just yeah. because they're starting off with something that they know works, whereas, like, colors are very difficult to get right. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're more difficult than than fonts because at least there are ways to 
mathematically like you know determine if colors do contrast enough and that sort of stuff whereas in fonts like if you pick a font that has terrible like you know an x height that doesn't make it fit for ui then you're stuck with that i actually dealt with one not too long ago just before my vacation uh, the client has a had a font that they wanted to use and i tried to use it in the ui and it was really not suitable for that they were, they were using it for the logo and also on the website in general but it just doesn't work it, it's it's very compact and kind of very tall in terms of x height so the buttons they they look all like squished and hard to read if if especially if you're using like all caps you need to increase the tracking or or in css the uh, letter spacing that may have to make it big enough that the word becomes like more readable but then you start running into like issues where you don't have that much horizontal space so that's why i feel like picking a good font for ui is a lot more difficult than picking colors i'm not saying picking colors is easier but and also technically it's really hard because you have to bundle the especially for mobile apps or even for web apps like we're still struggling with flash event style text and that sort of stuff and it's yeah dealing with custom fonts is just a pain for both the designer and the end user they only serve the brand and in that case i would be fine dropping them yeah i agree but i think for type there's some easier default choices than with color where i feel like for for the most part the field is wide open especially like a lot of people who are just starting off have the limited selection of typefaces that are you know either on their computer or in typekit or unfortunately all the free ones that you can find online yeah but like if they just stuck with the typefaces that come with each of the systems i feel like it's hard to make a really bad choice except if you're choosing yeah. like comic sans <laughs> <laughs> well, even Comic Sans is a pain nowadays because it's not included in Mac and uh, iOS. Yeah. Cool. I think we should wrap up. I feel like if we get into type, we need another like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we'll talk about this next time. Okay. Sounds good. It's a nice chatting. Yep, absolutely. It's good to, to catch up. By the way, I was on episode 99 of Build Face that aired last week so shameless plug go give it a listen and subscribe everyone should also check out we, we have a new show from thoughtbot called the lila and brenda show and oh yeah everyone should go download and listen to that it's a designer and developer here at thoughtbot Okay, so you can catch our show notes at tentative.fm slash 30. Tweet at us at tentative.fm. And you can email us your thoughts at hosts at tentative.fm. If you like this show, please rate us on iTunes so we can get some more listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.